Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Then I can go back. Then I can uh, back up and um, um, check in about what's going on with me right now. So tradition five is each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. And um, I always like being asked to speak on the traditions because that makes me reread them, reread the chapter on the tradition and the 12 and 12. And they're really good. (laughs) I highly recommend um, these chapters on the traditions. Um, And this one is particularly, was very um, meaningful to me. One of the things that was in this chapter that I didn't even know was in here is it says, one important reason we stick to our primary purpose in OA meetings is so our groups can help us practice the 12th step. When we focus our discussions on the principles embodied in the 12 steps and 12 traditions, when we share how we found the solution to our eating problems through practicing these principles, we discover that we carry the message to those who still suffer and to ourselves as well. And I can just say in my personal life, when when in meetings I share about what is working for me, what the solution is for me right now, when I'm with sponsees and they ask me a question and I think back, you know, instead of trying to give them advice, I just think back to when have I had that same problem and what did I do about it? You know, how did the steps and traditions help me? Um, When I share that with them, I always find that first of all, things start coming out of my mouth that I wasn't actually consciously thinking of. And it reminds me of what works for me. There's been many times when I end up sharing in a meeting or sharing with a sponsee. Oh yeah. The last time I experienced that problem, I, um, I did this thing, um, uh, this way of working the steps or this way of applying the steps to my lives, my life. And it often turns out that's not something I'm doing right at this moment, but I used to do it and it worked great. And so then I start doing it. Um, and, um, Anyway, so I've definitely found that to be true. Another line that really popped out uh, popped out at me was, our recovery doesn't come from simply discussing our problems with each other. It is in the OA message, in our steps and traditions that we find solutions to our problems. And I have also found that to be true. When when I I first came to OA, um, I had already, I was, 17 years old, I'd already been, you know, in therapy talking about my problems, but there was really something unique and special about the 12 step message. My first OA meeting was reading the AA 12 and 12, because it was before we had our own literature. And I walked in and they were reading step 11. And when I walked in and heard them talking about, um, getting a higher powers help with this problem, it, it just really resonated with me. It, and that was not something I was hearing in therapy. And then as I kept coming to meetings and I, you know, just the concept of that, that this is something I'm powerless over, you know, this is a disease that I can stop beating myself up or blaming myself because it's a disease. And I wouldn't beat myself up or blame myself if, you know, well, actually I might because beating myself up is a core character defect for me, but you know, that there's no grounds, there's no right to beat myself up for this. You know, that, that was, 
I'm sure the therapist would have tried to get that across to you, but somehow having it explicit right there in step one was very powerful for me. And um, in my history at that time, I was trying, I, I was going to church more than my parents were. I was trying to find a solution in God, but I just couldn't quite get there through the churches I was going to. And so when it was, when this spiritual program, this spiritual toolkit was laid out, it just really made sense to me. Fire your old God, write a higher, you know, write a one ad for a new higher power, come to believe a higher power can restore you to sanity, turn your will and your life over to it, whatever the heck you think it is, do a personal, you know, it was like these very concrete um, action items for how to get recovery. And, and I do not mean to, to disrespect therapy because actually I have found that the step work and the therapy really worked hand in hand together, especially later in recovery. But my point is getting back to tradition five, that what we do in our meetings is we focus on the steps and the principles, because that's, what's unique about OA. That's what we have to offer. Um, and the other thing about this chapter um, is that nowhere in it will you find it say, saying anything about, you know, what we talk about in OA is what we eat. You know, what we talk about in OA is our food plan. No, what we talk about is the steps and traditions because what we eat, what our food plans are, you know, what our specific angle on our specific eating disorder is, is unique to us. That's not actually, you know, those specifics are not really part of the OA solution. It's the steps in the, in the traditions. Um, and then later it says, we help them, meaning sponsees and people in meetings. We help others most when we listen, avoid giving advice, and share our experience with living by the OA principles. Um, and that's just an important one for me to remember when I'm um, in a, doing sponsoring type conversations or engaging, you know, if someone calls me for outreach or whatever, and they're talking about whatever's troubling them, to not jump into just telling them how to fix their problem, because that would be me giving advice. My job is to listen and offer experience, strength, and hope, which means, you know, if I had that same issue, how did I work the steps through it? The last thing in this chapter that really touched my heart is where it says, the compulsive overeater who still suffers isn't always a newcomer to OA. She or he can also be an established member experiencing difficulties with the disease of compulsive eating or with other problems. Seeing one of our members go into relapse or face personal problems can be frightening to us. We may instinctively react by not reaching out or avoiding them at meetings. When we act, when we act in these ways, we're forgetting the primary purpose of our group, which is to carry OA's message of hope to those who still suffer, including those among us who have heard the message many times before. That just really touches my heart because I know um, relapse has certainly been a part of my recovery story. Um, and, you know, it, just the open heartedness I experienced in OA, um, kept me coming, you know, helped keep me coming back through a pretty horrific relapse early on in my recovery that, um, you know, it's part of my story now and, and I got through it and I'm on the other side of it. Um, but I, I just think it's important to remember to reach out to those even within our fellowship whenever things get hard. Um, and to remember that like relapse isn't catching, you know, <laughs> it's not like a germ or something um, that actually what is catching is recovery when we reach out to people with love and support. Um, that might be all I have to share about tradition five. Um, 
at the group level. Oh no, there was one more thing I wanted to say about it. That is all I wanted to say about it at the group level. But one of the things that has really brought the traditions more alive to me is to, to, to spend a minute thinking about how does this relate to my own personal life? Because the traditions are very explicitly about interacting with other people. They're about how we keep our groups functioning well, um, by how we react, interact with other people in our groups. And so I feel like they're very well suited to teaching me lessons about how to get along in my job, in my workplace, in my home life. And this one about primary purpose has caused me to reflect on in my family, what is my primary purpose? You know, is my primary purpose to ensure that the house is perfect, you know? And so, cause if that were my primary purpose, then it would make sense for me to jump all over my family when they don't load the dishwasher, right. Or then it would make sense for me to spend a lot of obsessive energy grumbling about how people in my family don't pick up after themselves perfectly or whatever. Okay. Maybe, you know, that's one possible primary purpose, but what if in my family, my primary purpose is to, um, experience love, raise, help raise these kids, um, and to be of service, you know, as an example, well, if that's my primary purpose, that leads me down a very different road of thought and behavior than if my primary purpose is to somehow make a house that looks perfect. And, um, and I kind of think that that second thing, that thing about, um, loving my family members, being of service to my family members and, you know, and doing the next right actions that keep food on the table and keep income coming in and keep clothes on the kids' bodies. And those kind of, you know, thank you. That that is my primary purpose in my family relationships. And so that really motivates me when I'm hearing that grumbling about the dishwasher not being loaded perfectly or the, whatever it is that my family members aren't doing my way. It really motivates me to get back to my step work. You know, my, my personal inventory is looking at my character defects and, um, and praying for help with those character defects so that I can live by my primary purpose in my family um, and be a more loving person there. So I think that that truly is all I had to say about tradition five. And so now I'll just um, check in about where I am right at this moment in my recovery. Um, I am feeling a lot of well, a couple of things are going on. One is my mom died in January unexpectedly, uh, too young in her seventies. And I know people die younger, but you know, for me, it was too young. And, um, so I've been going through a lot of grief and, um, I am so grateful for, uh, the 12 steps because, um, one of the things that's become very clear to me. So I mentioned at some point earlier in this share that my core character defect is beating myself up. And it really is my core character defect. And what I've seen in this grief is that it comes up too. you know, that, that um, it, instead of just crying for my mom, I'll find myself beating myself up that I didn't, um, that I wasn't a different kind of daughter. And, and what do I do with that? You know, first of all, whenever I have really strong emotions, I, you know, whether they be the, tr you know, the, the really the ones that can really trigger eating disorder behavior or resentment and fear or really any other strong emotion, in this case, grief, what do I do? 
at this point, having worked the steps through many times, what I do is a 10th step, you know, a, a quick personal inventory. I don't spend a huge amount of time on it, but I do it. And um, for me, they work best either standing in the shower with hot water pouring over me or with um, a small notebook, very small pages so that I don't get overwhelmed by how much I'm expected to write. And I write about a page, a page about this big of, um, you know, what is the strong emotion in uh, a, a quick analysis of, you know, what character defects are mixed up in the emotion, kind of polluting it or making it worse or whatever. And so I've been doing a lot of these little 10th steps and what comes up is, oh, this is my character defect of beating myself up. And um, I like to look at in these 10th steps, what's at risk, you know? So often that I, I find what's at risk is my my, um, my self-esteem's at risk, you know? So I think others might judge me because, you know, I hadn't spoken to my mom for three weeks before she died and they might judge me that I was a bad daughter or a bad person. You know, what's at risk? Um, um, in going through this process, what I finally came to is, you know, really what's going on, what's really going on is profound grief. And my, you know, my sweet core character defect of beating me up is trying to help me through that grief by, you know, it'll feel more manageable if only I can turn this into being my fault. And, um, and so then I, the last thing I like to do with my um, 10 steps is an amending action. And you know, sometimes that is an apology to someone. A lot of times I find um, it's it's also, or in, instead of an apology, it's a change of behavior or a what is an action I'm gonna take next time this comes up. For me in this specific case, the amending action has been a lot of prayer. And that's kind of ironic because, um, you know, I am not, you know, like I said, I fired my old higher power. I did write and want to add for a new one, but my connection to higher power has been tenuous. I've been through many years of being an avowed atheist, many years of being an avowed agnostic, um, a lot of years of being a definite Buddhist. You know, I don't know what higher power is, um, but I still pray anyway. I just write out prayers and I call it different things, uh, you know, dear blank, whatever I'm currently calling this thing. Uh, this higher power thing. And I've been, and I've been praying the short form of the seventh step prayer as my amending action, higher power in your time, in your way, please replace beating myself up about my mom with the true feelings of grief. And so that I can heal from this. And um, it may seem like a kind of a, <laughs> it's not a very active action just to pray, but what else can I do? You know, she's not alive. I can't, pick up the phone and call her to amend anything. So I'm great. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to have these kinds of concrete, actionable <laughs> tools um, uh, through this program. And I, and I really feel like at this point, especially dealing with death now that I kind of need spiritual tools because <laughs> I don't, um, you know, because I, because the person's gone. Um, what else, you know, I, gosh, um, I'm not sure I can fill 20 minutes guys. There are lots of people on the meeting today. Um, I think I've said all I can think of to say about step five, I've told you where I am today, which is dealing with this grief and doing a lot of 10th step work. And, um, yeah, I want to thank OA for saving my life a long time ago. 
and for being exactly what it is. So thank you all for being here. I'm done.